Good morning, everybody. It's the Coffee Schmooze Podcast, and my name is David Phillips. And I am back on the coffee. I took a break for a little while just to kind of reset. I got into the whole natural energy thing. But then, as addictions go, you slowly creep back in. So I, I, then I went to tea. I was like, ooh, the tea will be nice. The tea will be nice. And then I was like, you know what? I can drink coffee, but I'll just drink the the um, the cheap stuff at the bodega. I'll just get the cheap stuff. So I did that for a little while. And then I quit cigarettes. Like a 30-year-old. I quit cigarettes with an intention to fully quit cigarettes. To not even have a little a little ciggy here and there. Like no exceptions. No exceptions. I got the nicotine lozenges. So whenever I feel a craving for a cigarette, I pop two milligrams of the nicotine lozenges. And the crazy thing is that satiates your craving for the cigarette. See, I didn't realize that. I didn't. Re- I thought I liked the tobacco, but that was just my ego. The reality is, I liked the nicotine, just like every other person who smoked cigarettes in the history of nicotine. So I got back on that, but then you need to replace it. You need to replace the cigarette with something. So I got back on the nice coffee. And in my neighborhood, there's one coffee shop that has always a line around the block and then another coffee shop that there's no line. So I was going to the coffee shop with no line because I was like, why? No coffee is good enough to wait in a long line. But then one day I saw the coffee shop that usually has a line and it had no line. So I tried it out and that coffee's fucking amazing. It's worth the wait. Now I'm waiting. I wait in line. I wait in line. Because cause I, I want the good shit. I want the good shit. Once you have the good shit, it's hard to go back to the mediocre shit. That is the theory of Pandora's box. That's why I don't want to become a wino. That's why I'm fine knowing nothing about wine. Having two buck chuck. Because ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Once you open Pandora's box, there is no going back. And then you're left numb to anything but the extraordinary pleasures of this world. So that's so that's the coffee journey I'm on. But it's a good journey. I'm happy to be on it. I'm happy to... Get the nicotine lozenges. Be off the cigarettes. Just a firm no. Just turn it. Just turn it. Turning it to a firm no. Because what happens with cigarettes is you quit, and then you're like, "Well, I just did a really good job on that work assignment. I think I should. I could celebrate. I could just have one in the morning." I could I could just have one. And then you make you trick yourself every time cuz once you have one then you're like, "Oh, I can I could do one more. I could do one more." 
and then you do that one and then it's off to the races then then i'm then i'm like train smoking because i'm like my idols train smoked the writers the great writers of history they train smoke so i will train smoke and then and i'm i like smoke i like the atmosphere i i draw the funk the inspiration from the funk so i quit and it feels good to quit it's very it feels very good so now it's nicotine lozenges and cortados and that's and that's the journey that's the journey of life if i could figure out if i knew if someone could tell me david you could smoke cigarettes all day like a chimney and you would live till 85 i would take it i would take that 85 seems long enough i'd even take 80 Though that's a little soon. That's a little soon I'd take it. If I were to ask myself, how long do you think you're going to live, David? I think I'm going to live till like I'm 110. I think that's my punishment. I think that's the punishment that guys like me get. Is that it's a punishment. I know that's... I know life's a blessing. You want to live to old age, it's a blessing. But I, I do think I'm going to live for a long time. I think I'm going to be I'm gonna be around for a long time. And old age is not a piece of cake. Old age is not a piece of cake. I see it now with my live grandparents. I'm like, ugh, that looks so hard. It looks so hard. I guess I can't empathize with the love they feel from seeing like their the offspring of the family tree go out and make their way in this world. Maybe that love is so incredible it's worth every visit's just worth it. But um you know, I uh, the the counter argument for that is I think of my papa Al who's dead. Who, you know, smoked two packs a day until he had a heart attack at 50, then quit, ate whatever he wanted, didn't exercise, and dipped out in his early 80s. Sad to see him go, but that doesn't seem like a bad route. I'm just not courageous enough to take the chance. I don't have the requisite courage to just be like, you know what? Let's roll the dice. I'm going to smoke my way through life. I just don't have that courage. If I had, maybe if I, you know, gained a lot of money and a lot of fame and achieved the effect of which I desire on the world because everyone wants to affect the world that's you know part of part of being a human is you want to you want to you want to have an effect you want to have effect on the world you were born into that for some reason means something your legacy if I achieved that if I achieved that at a certain point then maybe I'd start smoking cigarettes again because I'd be like I'm done I've done what I what I came here to do but I haven't done that. 
not even close. Not even close. And then, so then, I'm not going to be smoking cigarettes. Um, and that's, that's the cigarette rant. That's the cigarette rant. So it's, it was goodbye cigarettes, but they're, they're so fun. They're so fun and, and I will miss them. And I do miss them. That's why I'm talking about them. Um, had a very eventful couple weeks. Had a very eventful couple weeks. I um, went to California. I went to California to visit my girlfriend's family. And it was a wonderful time. They're all beautiful, great people. We got along well. Tremendous vibes. Wonderful conversation. It was a total smooth process. Very, very good time had by all. And something that was spectacular that happened on this vacation was I went surfing for the first time in about a year. I hadn't surfed in a year. A little background. I had surfed pretty much, like I would say three times a week for at least three times a week for eight years. Pretty, I got really into it. I got caught up. They say that, you know, mature, maturing happens in six-year cycles. And supposedly, from year 22 to 28 is when you're in your existential phase. When, you try, when you're really trying to find the meaning of life. And I really went to surfing that that was where i that was my religion that was my practice where i learned i developed my philosophies on life and the way the world works and how the human race interacts with each other based on what was going on in a surf lineup and my experience surfing and my experience on a wave and how I move through the world to this day is very influenced by how present and go with the flowish you have to be in a surf lineup. So that still remains. But I don't I I kind of lost what happened is I kind of lost the addicting love to it. Like I love surfing. Surfing's amazing. I love it. But I'm not called to do it all the time. I don't need to do it every day anymore. I've done it. The hardest part about having that attitude towards surfing is that I got good at it. I got really good at it. It's like something I developed and worked at and it was my practice and I and I was natural at it. I was natural at it. It was all my skateboarding, snowboarding, my water polo experience, 
just my whole life I had been in the water and on boards and I finally combined them and it was a cosmic orgasm. It was incredible. It was so much fucking fun. And I was good at it. And so it it that's the sad part about it is I, I no longer get to do something I'm good at multiple times a week. That's so much fun and has tremendous therapeutic effect because ultimately I would rather live in the middle of a city. And I, I need it to be like this big, bustling, thriving city. I need to live in New York. This is Pandora's box. If I never went to New York, would I li- need to live in New York? I don't know. Part of me thinks it was my destiny. And there's no choice. But the other part is like I could be happy in just a small, small city surfing. But it's not enough. The way the the waves aren't enough. The waves aren't. They're great. But they they don't they're not enough. I need society. Society trumps waves. A lot of my friends went the opposite way. They said, "Forget society. I'm going to waves." And God bless them. God bless them. I love visiting them, dipping my toes in the water. But I need society over waves. I need society over waves. So anyways, I'm in California. I haven't surfed for over a year. And I was feeling scared. I was feeling tremendously scared that um, I was going to go out in the water with my cousin. My cousin Bryce. And I wasn't going to be a good surfer anymore. Because I haven't been working out. I mean, I rock climbed for months, but I, I stopped doing that. I haven't been working out. I just walk a lot. And it's my theory that if you just walk a lot, you're going to be in just as good shape as anybody else. Maybe not aesthetically, but on the ins- on the inside. I'm not sold that we're supposed to be running around getting our cardio up. And that we're supposed to be like really hitting the weights. You see people in Europe, they don't work out. They look fine. So, but that, but I haven't tested that theory and I'm in California and I'm about to go surfing and I was like, what if I, and then I was like afraid cause it was going to be so sad. Like what if I went in the water and I wasn't a good surfer anymore and how sad that would be that I would be experiencing like this certainty of something I'd lost that I had this like intrinsic skill that I had developed in my body. And in my relationship to the ocean, my rhythm, my timing, my physicality, and that it would be gone. How sad. I was afraid. But I still wanted to go surfing because at the end of the day, the whole point of surfing is just being in the ocean. That's what I tell beginners. I'm like, it's not really about surfing. It's about the experience of being in the ocean. So I reminded myself of that. And then I went surfing. And I picked up just where I left off. It was like no it, it was like no time had passed since I last was surfing. I even surfed 
I might have served just as good as my best day surfing in my life. I still had it, not for a year. It was the most magical feeling. What was also amazing is my sister and girlfriend were on the shore watching us and they saw me doing it, which is even a greater gift because the hardest part about surfing is most of the time no one sees you surfing. You just have to know it for yourself that you shred and your bros out in the water who are happy for you, but they're also very competitive. It's like, oh, he's killing it, but I wish I was killing it. That's how people feel out there. But it was amazing. It was inc- it was just such a surprise. It was such a surprise. I talked to one friend about it. He said, that must have been so empowering, David, that all the hours you spent in the ocean now, it's like that's something you have in you and it will never go away. And you'll have it wherever you go. And then my another friend was like, muscle memory is an amazing thing. And then he said, painting must have helped with surfing. He's a painter. And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. Because every day when you paint, at least my style is, you have to just be in the present and just go with the flow. Be in the present, go with the flow, and just re- you just you just get into a flow state. You just vibe. You just vibe and trust. And that's all surfing is. Once you get to a point, all surfing is, is you just vibe and trust and flow. Vibe, trust, flow, and don't think. Just be in the present. But also, surfing is like, I felt that all the wisdom and all the experiences and all the the learning and growth and everything that I experienced in the past year of the quarantine, I brought to surfing and I surfed different. I I surfed with more wisdom and because of that life experience I brought it to the waves. So, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good experience that surfing. It was pretty good. And it was also very enjoyable to surf with my bros, my cousin and my brother-in-law. We, I, for you know, my entire career surfing, I really surfed with either one of those guys. But the addiction wore off. It's a love. Now it's a healthy love, but, and I can revisit it whenever, and I, I look forward to revisiting, but it's not a part of the daily ritual. I did, however, buy a big, long foam board for New York because it's like enough, enough. It's I was doing it on the short board last year, but I'm 30. I'm old. I'm an old man. I'm starting to get a little bit of a gut. It's time to go to the big boy board. And I like surfing a big boy board better. It's soulful. It's soulful and lazy. Which are two adjectives I would describe myself. Not lazy in work ethic, because I do work very hard, but, but lazy in lifestyle. I like comfort and convenience. And uh, 
and that's the story. That's it. That's all I have to say for this episode. It was a good time.